Thank you for listening to this podcast brought to you by Baylife Church Port Stevens. We hope you find this message challenges and inspires you in your daily Christian walk. For more information, visit www.baylifechurch.org.au. If you're not a mum, please stand up. So everyone but mums, stand up. If you're a mum, stay seated. So Andy, you're not a mother, although I've heard people call you that from time to time. But uh, um, we all up? Yep. I want you to give all the mums in the place a great big applause this morning, hey? Fantastic. We honour you. We love you guys. And uh, we recognise your role in all our lives. Thanks so much, mothers, for all you do. Fantastic. Great. Grab a seat. Grab a seat. Um, I want to say this. We've uh, produced these little postcards for Watato Children's Choir coming in, in on the 9th of June and we've done quite a few of them so uh, I would really ask you to like here's the deal I'm happy for you guys to come along but you know what I want our community here you know and uh, and if we pack this place out I'm going to ask you to stand at the back okay I want our community sit on these seats being exposed to these young orphans who just love God so much who, who just are so free in their love of God. And, and uh, so take a handful, give them out to all your friends, your workmates, your sporting chums, all that, you know, school, wherever you do, just give it to those people and ask them along this because it's a great event. And I would love to see this place just packed out. So, uh, uh, so 9th of June, it's the long weekend and uh, the Sunday night. So you haven't even got an excuse not to go out on Sunday night. You've got the Monday to recuperate and... Uh, um, and it should be a, a great night. Looking forward to that. So I just wanted to give that a bit of a plug in the early days, even though we're probably four or five weeks away from that. I um, just want you really to uh, to really get as many people here as we can, hey? And uh, it'll be a great opportunity. Well, we're into this uh, series on iHeart. And I think last year we talked, not so last year, last week we talked about um, I Love My Community. And this week it's I Love My World. And I wanted to bring you a report for our national conference, what our ACC international ministries are doing. So there's a, a, a short clip on that at the front end of this that gives you an idea what we're doing as a body, as, a, as the body of Christ, well, ACC uh, denomination anyway. And then there's also a lovely story about a mum. Now, I could have picked, I've got dozens I could have chosen from what our ACC's movement is doing, but this is one that supports a, a, a young mum in uh, Cambodia, I think. So just have a look to the screen and and, uh, check this out for a few minutes. Our journey over the last two years has seen a vision become a reality. Towards the goal of changing our world one life at a time, in the last two years, ACC International has planted 667 churches, trained 8,140 leaders, seen 14,130 salvations, 4,043 baptisms in the Holy Spirit, and 5,084 baptisms in water. 
We have assisted 52,555 children through our field workers and strategic partners projects. We have assisted over 184,560 people. Through ACC International, our movement is making a mark on our world. My family's problem started when my husband was diagnosed with AIDS. We sold everything to pay for treatment, but he passed away. My relatives wanted me to take my children to an orphanage. So I took them. But it ripped my heart out to leave them. When I took them to the orphanage in Phnom Penh, the organization gave me $30 and a bag of rice, and I gave them my children. When I handed my baby over, I was standing there crying. They took them inside, but came back out again shortly. The director said to me, Take your children for the night and bring them back tomorrow. I need to find a carer for them. I took them with me and never went back to the orphanage. Sita returned back to her community with her children. She knew that she couldn't bring herself to give them up, but she returned without a solution to the poverty cycle she was locked in. Children in Families, a non-profit organization in Cambodia, heard of her case. They immediately began to assist Sita so her family could stay together. By simply assisting with the cost of education, ensuring she had enough food for her family and helping her generate income through pig farming, Sita's family did not have to go through the heartbreaking experience of being separated simply due to poverty. Sita has now been able to receive antiretroviral medication. Her children are able to go to school and they have been provided with a well so they have access to clean, safe drinking water. Simple initiatives like these are often all it takes to keep children in families where they belong. I feel so happy and contented that I can be with my children. Because of the help of children and families, I am so joyful and not so stressed like before. Life is better now, so much better. You see, it doesn't take much sometimes except a willingness to find a way. And um, and our movement is is doing a great job in that. And and so, because of our partnership, I guess uh, uh, with our denomination, that's the sort of things going on. And and uh, can I say, all those numbers you saw in early in that clip, um, they're all by missionaries on the mission field. Okay, I think it would be double or triple that if you took all the churches' activities going to the mission field in short term mission 
missions trips as well. I mean, I know last year we, we probably baptised, I don't even know how many kids we baptised last year, but probably 50 or 60, uh, I think, um, uh, in the Philippines. And, uh, and you know, they're not obviously included in those numbers. So our movement is doing a, a great, a great job, I think. But it all started somewhere with a dream. And uh, I want to talk a little bit about dreams this morning. Uh, just to to uh, open up our our thinking perhaps to what God can do in us and through us, um, and this is what I used to think some people there 's some people in the world who seem to dream uh, every night, and then there 's other people that sort of never have dreams or very seldom have dreams anyway and and I realize that the experts tell us that 's not the case that we all dream every night and uh, and so we 're really divided into two groups of people it 's either those that remember our dreams. And those of us that don't, you know. And uh, so just quickly, who, who regularly remembers dreams that they've had? Uh, put up your hand so I can just get an idea. Okay. And, and who doesn't? Who doesn't remember their dreams at all? You know you've dreamt, but you just haven't got a clue what you've dreamt about. Yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? Um, you know, I, I must admit, I'm not one who regularly remembers dreams. But there's one dream that I, I particularly had that uh, really convinced us in the process of, of planning this church. And it was probably about 12 years ago. And uh, um, and it was it probably helped us confirm that the bay was a place that we, we, we should plant as well. Um, and I, I had this dream where I was standing on the sand on a beach. And uh, and basically, um, Robin and myself were there. And, uh, and there were boats on the water. It was on like the ocean or somewhere like, Something like Little Beach or Shoal Bay Beach, something like that, and and these boats were overcrowded, and there was many, many of these rowboats, and they were like in a in a darkness, they were in the dark, you know, and uh, in a shadow, I guess, and uh, uh, and basically, <laughs> Tom's after something, is he? <laughs> What's that? Let's give him one. Um, yeah, there's one on the. We'll keep him happy. He can rip that apart. Is there one? Is that going to make it too difficult for you guys or not? <laughs> okay. Back to the dream. Okay. Can I remember what it was? Um, so on the sand, on the beach, there's these rowboats out on, in underneath the shadow, and uh, these these boats are overcrowded. And I remember these boats, some of them being drawn to the, to the shore and some of the boats actually starting to step out, people starting to step out of these boats. And as they stepped out of the light, they were stepping towards Jesus. And it was an amazing understanding of what that... Then they were also urging other people in those boats to come out of the shadows and, and out of the darkness onto the shore, into the light. And uh, I remember being really touched by that. It was just one of those things that you just had the dream go, wow. That was amazing. But here's the deal. A few months later, a woman that we didn't know very well, that I didn't know her very well, <coughs> and uh, and basically she, she said to Robin, um, Hank, I just had this vision of you guys at the bay and and seeing these people in boats under like a, a cloud um, and coming out of the cloud into the, into, onto the beach, into the light. And it was like Robin told me, and I couldn't believe it. I went, what did you say? Tell, tell me that. And she couldn't work out why I was pretty excited about that because uh, I'd had a dream that was exactly the same. And uh, dreams are sort of significant, I, I think, in a lot of ways. And uh, 
Uh, and and I, I told you that because I want to look at a, a dream that the prophet Ezekiel had. And it's a weird dream. And I must admit, I've read it many, many, many times over the years, trying to get my head around what the heck are you talking about? And uh, it's not about oceans and boats, but it is about water and rivers. And I want to read it to you this morning. It's Ezekiel 47. I have got a screen for it, but it'd be great if you have your Bibles there because I'll flick through a little bit of it. Ezekiel 47, it's verses 1 to 12. We're going to look at this morning. So it's a fair bit of scripture, but uh, uh, it, it's a, an amazing picture of, uh, of God's love and mercy for, for us, his people. And uh, so let me just pray before I get into this, hey? Ezekiel 47, if you want to look that up while I'm praying. Father God, we thank you for your love. God, we, we thank you for mums. We thank you for mothers. God, we, we just, you know, you... you that's your deal. That's your design, God. And, uh, and we thank you for the nurturing and the encouragement we've all received from our mums over the years, God. And, uh, and for those of us that, that no longer have those mums in their lives anymore, God, I, I just thank you for their love because it resides within us. There's, a, there's like a residue that's with us, within us, even though they may not be physically with us anymore. So, uh, so God, I thank you for the blessing of mothers, for kids, uh, for their love, their their unending love, their encouragement, their, their, their mercy, their compassion so often with, with, with kids. And, uh, and Lord, we just think it's odd for this day that we can celebrate that on, on this Mother's Day 2013, God. And uh, I pray that your word is clear this morning and it, and it brings what you want it to bring, God, the change and transformation in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Ezekiel 47, verses 1, a little bit in from 1. I saw water coming out from under the threshold of the temple. The water was just trickling, okay? It was only going very slowly. Verse 3, as this man, and this man's an angel, he's a guiding the dream, went eastward and measured with a measuring line in his hand. He measured off a thousand cubits, and then he led me through the water that was ankle deep. Now, I looked up what a cubit actually is. It's, um, it's actually from your middle finger, the tippy middle finger, to your elbow. And that's about 45, 55 centimeters, depending on how long your arms are, I guess. Um, so, so, so 500, oh, sorry, 1,000 cubits is like 500 meters around about. So that's just to give you an idea what this talk is talking about. He measured off another 1,000 cubits and led me through water that was knee-deep. He measured off another 1,000 and led me through water that was up to my waist. He measured off another 1,000, but now it was a river that I could not cross because the water had risen and was deep enough to swim in, a river that no one could cross. Verse 6, then he led me back to the bank of the river. When I arrived there, I saw a great number of trees on each side of the river. He said to me, this water flows into the eastern region, goes down into Arabah, where it enters the Dead Sea. When it empties into the sea, the salty water there becomes fresh. Swarms of living creatures will live wherever the water flows. There will be a large numbers of fish because the water flows there and makes the salt water fresh. So where the water flows, everything will live. Verse 12, fruit trees of all kinds will grow. On both banks of the river, their leaves will not wither, nor will their fruit fail. Every month they'll bear fruit because the water from the sanctuary flows to them. Their fruit will serve for food and their leaves for healing. Now, I remember reading this in Bible college and reading it and reading it and reading it going, I, I like it, but I just don't know why I like it and I don't know what it represents and what does it mean. And, and, uh, and uh, maybe you're like that this morning. Well, I'll try and break it down into a few Significant bits, I guess, this morning. But it is a remarkable, even though it's a, a weird dream. 
But there's a few things I, w- I want to show you this morning. just want you to notice out of that. The first thing is water. You know, it's all about water, you know, and, uh, and water is an amazing thing. And, and do you know that we are born 80, as 80% water when we're born? That, that's 80%. You know, we've got a huge connection between life and water. Uh, did you know that our brain is 85% water? Um, did you know watermelon's 92% water? Um, just thought I'd throw that in. But, the, that, you know, we can only last about three days without water. But if we've got just something like a, a bottle of water, something like that, we can last over a week. I don't know if you uh, heard the news report yesterday, but there's, um, there was a girl found in, uh, in that collapsed factory um, in Bangladesh, and she had survived 17 days in this collapsed building, in this factory. And the only reason she survived that long was because she had access to some water. Apparently there's bottles of water that she'd get hold of and they'd pump water in there. Apparently she could drink some of that. That's the only reason she could survive. You know, scientists are looking all over the galaxy for, for evidence of water because we know where there's water or evidence of water has been, there is life. And, uh, and, and so the key image there with Ezekiel's dream is water and, and that living water. Next thing is, notice that he talks about the temple. In Ezekiel's dream, the water is flowing from and out of the temple. And, and that might not seem like a huge deal to us, but back in those days, uh, it was thought of going towards the temple. You know, everything would go to the temple. The people would go to the temple to, to celebrate uh, uh, church, if you want to call it church, and, and they, they'd celebrate their religious holidays. The whole nation would flow towards the temple. And uh, they'd make sacrifices there. It was all about the temple, uh, but not in Ezekiel's dream, which is unusual, can I say. Uh, instead of the water flowing to the temple, the water was flowing out of the temple. It was flowing away from the temple, which is really interesting. The place where it was flowing in this dream was the Dead Sea. And, uh, and the Dead Sea is called the Dead Sea because everything's dead in it. You know, there's no, nothing left that can live in that, that high levels of salinity, you know, it's eight times the level of salt than the ocean. And, uh, and so the Dead Sea is dead. You know? It's just, that, that's the way it is. And Ezekiel's dream talks about the life. The water that's flowing from the temple to the Dead Sea is getting deeper and deeper, ankle deep, knee deep, waist deep, deep enough so you can swim in it. As the water flows, it becomes a mighty river. And what happens? It brings life to where there was death. And, and not just a little life. It talks about swarming and teeming with life. And there was so much life there that the, the body turned from, from dead to, to living. And it was all through that life-giving water. You know, fruit trees are growing there. Not just any fruit trees, but fruit trees that produce fruit not just once a year, but every month, 12 times a year. And there's leaves on these trees that have healing powers. It's an amazing vision of, of a river that brings life to everything it touches. Once it was dead and dying, now it's life and living and thriving. And I love that. You know, and the Bible, all through the Bible, there's this, this um, reference to water from Genesis. You know, there's the river that throws through the Garden of Eden uh, through to Rev- Revelations where when it talks about in the last days. In Revelation 22, when an angel showed me the river of water of life as clear as crystal flowing from the throne of God and the Lamb down the middle of the great street of the city. On each side of the river stood a tree of life, bearing 12 crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. The leaves of the tree are for healing for the nations. No longer will there be any curse. 
That's Revelation 22, verses 1 to 5. So in the beginning, God's talking about water. In the end, we're, we're reading about the water of life. And it brings healing to not just that spot where they are, but to all the nations, the Word says. And, and I know, you know, it, it seems a bit weird in, in a lot of ways. These are prophetic things. You go, well, that's a dream and I can't make sense of it. But here's the deal, I think. Ezekiel's dream is God's dream. Ezekiel's dream is God's dream. God wants life in each one of us. He wants that river of water flowing in us and through us. And as we end the, this series on, on I Heart, and uh, we talked about the way we love our church, we love our neighbours, we love our community, and we're talking about how we love our world this morning. You know, we have to get a greater understanding of what that represents for us and, and how we can make it real for us, for our lives. You know, and how do we, how do we even think about loving the whole world? Like, it's just impossible when you think about who we are and, and it, it's hard enough to love my wife, you know, and my kids, let alone love the whole world, you know. No, that's a good, that's a good thing. Like, I recognize that I'm inadequate, you know, in, in a lot of areas in that. And she gets cranky with me sometimes. I go, I don't even know why you're cranky. I'm sure there's something I haven't done right. And, uh, you know, you just, it's just like that. And, and you're working it out. But God says we should love the whole world. And, and the main scripture he talks to us about in John 3.16, and, and you'll, you'll probably all know this verse, but for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in me will not perish but have everlasting life. You see, that's how God's dream becomes real in our world, in us, uh, through sacrificially loving me and you, the whole world. And, and, and so how is it possible for us to love like that? John, uh, John 7, verses 37, 38 might give us some keys. I'm going to quickly look at that in a second. So if you want to just quickly flick there, John 7. It says, there's an interesting connection between the dream of Ezekiel and river of life and us loving the world. And say with me, I know I'm, it's, a bit, it's a bit teachy here this morning, and, and, uh, but I just really think this is, just read this this week, and I have to try and digest this a little bit more. You know, and, and in, in John 7, Jesus' day, there's this feast called the, the Feast of Tabernacles. And I won't talk to you too much about what that represents. But in Jesus' day, people from all over the world came to the temple in Jerusalem to celebrate that particular day every year. But they'd read the same passage of Scripture, Ezekiel 47. Same passage. They would read that on the, the Feast of Tabernacles. You getting this? And, and, and standing in that very spot, Jesus was teaching and said this amazing statement. And it's John 7. And, and let's have a look what it says. Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the Scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow within them. Wow. Rivers of living water will flow from within them. You see, when Jesus is saying when we follow him, that river from Ezekiel 47 will flow through us and bring life to deadness around us. Now, it'll actually bring life to deadness in us first. Get this. Us first. You know, and we all have some deadness in our lives, some component, some aspect, something in our lives that is dead that needs to be revived and life brought to. 
and, and, and for some it might be relational deadness. You know, for others it might be emotional deadness. For some of us it might be financial deadness. For others it might be spiritual deadness. And, and, and this river of life not only flows in us, in our church, but also through us, to our neighbours, to our community, to our world. And wherever we are, wherever we are, things are headed towards death will now bring life because of our relationship with Jesus. That river of life is throwing, flowing through us. And that river is love. It's, it's just love. It's God's love. And as limited as our natural love is, we've got to think about this, that it's not natural, it's supernatural. It's this, this, this river that starts as a trickle that gets to ankle deep, knee deep, waist deep, and then is over our head. That's the love that, that God can work in our lives, even if it only starts with a trinkle, trickle. And that's the way we're meant to love the world. The, the truth is sometimes we get fearful. We try and dam up that, that love. We try and dam up that river. And we end up like the Dead Sea. We have to have an outlet for our love. We have to let God's love flow into us and through us, to others around us, in our community, our neighbours. You know, and, and I'm hoping you're seeing this this morning. It is, it's a pretty sort of spiritual component of it, but I just really think we need to understand our relationship with Jesus, that decision we might make to follow Jesus is, is, is the starting point. But it's actually the continuing filling of the Holy Spirit as we continue our lives. And it, it's a present continuous thing that's a once and always thing. It's like we have to be filled and continuously filled. And, and the only time that the Holy Spirit stuff gets weird is if we try and dam it up. You see, the power of the Holy Spirit is for others around us. Just like God's love is for others around us, the power of the Holy Spirit is for others around us. And the only time I've seen it get really weird is where people try to hold on to it and keep it for themselves. You know, and I want to show you that this morning in, in a couple of scriptures here. Um, you know, uh, where will I start? Um, okay, yeah, Acts 1.8. That's the best place to start. You know, and this is just when Jesus is just about to ascend into heaven. And he says this, You receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And, and you see, the power of the Holy Spirit isn't for us. It's for others. It, it's for Jerusalem, our, our neighbors. It's for Judea you know, our community. It's for Samaria, the places we don't even like to go to. You know, it's for the ends of the earth. It's for our world. God's power and his love is for everybody, for our world. And, uh, and I think sometimes we just miss that. See, the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. That's the fruit of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And when those things become evident in our lives, that's the, the, the love of God flowing through us, you know. And, and 1 Corinthians 13, Paul tells us that we're only, if we haven't got love, we're just a resounding goal. We're just a symbol, an empty symbol. We're nothing. He goes on, he says, love is patient, it's kind, it protects, it trusts, it hopes, it perseveres. Do we really 
Do we really love like that? I don't think I do. But I want to. Do you want to love like that? I guess that's a better question. Do you want to love like that? Do you want that love flowing through us into others? See, I, I believe it's completely connected to being filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, and uh, in Acts 2, all of them were filled, all the disciples were filled with the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. And, and here, and I'm giving a lot of scripture here this morning, Pentecost just means 50 days. So 50 days after Easter, Pentecost, Sunday it happens. And, and I think that's next Sunday. And uh, so 50 days after Easter, this is when these guys get filled with the Holy Spirit. And Jesus already told them in John 14, well, when I go away, I'm going to sell a com- send a comforter, a, a counselor for you. Now, I won't leave you as orphans. And that word filled, as I already have, have alluded to, is basically a present uh, continuous verb. It's, it's something that we need to do, not the first time, be filled, of course, but then continuously be filled. And, uh, and here's the thing, 3,000 people got saved that day. 3,000 people. And when Peter addressed the crowd just before those salvations, he said this, In the last day, God says, I'll pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Old man dreamed a dream. And he actually remembered it. It's fantastic. You see, there's no doubt we are in the last days. We are. We're in the last days. Are you being continuously filled with God's love? Because you have to. You can't do it out of your natural self. We can try harder. We can do more. We, we, can, we can press harder. We can strive. But it just won't make the difference that just being filled with God's love and then letting it flow over and out of us will. It, just like his spirit. And rivers of living water will th- flow through us, bringing healing to a hurting world, to care and nurture and encourage others around us, to feed others through his love for all mankind, for his world, for our world. And it's an amazing mission that we have. And we are, to quote a, a Blues Brother movie, we're on a mission from God. And, and it's important. It's important. You know, like, I love what Nathan said earlier, you know, that, that we just get so busy. We just get so caught up in our own lives. I wish we could look at our lives as God looks at our lives. I wish we could look back on our lives as though we'd finished our life and look back and really, really examine what is important. I, I think we'd live our lives with different priorities. I, I think we'd live our lives quite differently. Church, j- just try and get a perspective of that this morning. And that's what I want to do is just try and get your eyes off your current circumstances because we're all going through stuff and some more than others. I understand that. There's, there's, you know, there's people that are really hurting. They're going through tough stuff. And I, I understand that and, and I get that. But I'm telling you, somehow step back from those important, urgent things that seem to be going on. Try and get a bigger, wider perspective on what God's trying to te- teach you maybe in this process, to tell you in, the moment, in, in this particular point in time. What is he trying to show you in this process? Get a, get a greater perspective on a wider lens on that. You know, about dreams, I think there are two types of people in the church. Those with 
well, I used to think this, I think, but there, there some with big dreams and some that don't dream. And I don't believe that anymore either. I think God has a dream for all of us, for every single person. The whole world he has a dream for. And, and I believe the kingdom of God and the church can really be divided into two groups as well. Those that wake up every day and remember the dream of God allow him to love the whole world through them. Or those of us that go to bed and wake up day after day never rem- remember God's dream. This morning, I pray and I hope you're starting to look for God's dream in your life. And God's dream is to love this world. He sent his one and only son, Jesus, to this earth for you and for me to pay that price, to be a sacrifice. You see, God so loves the world. He sent his one and only son, Jesus, to die on a cross, to die a horrific death but to rise again after three days. To give us his Holy Spirit that resides within us day in and day out. To, to flow his riving, river of love and life into us and through us for a hurting world. You know, there's no greater privilege than that, can I tell you? And I know we, we get caught up in the day-to-day stuff from time to time. We, we get, you know, we just do. Finances and, and relationships and and hassles, and, you know, you, you just, you do. But just take the time to step back from that stuff. Just, just if you're in it at the moment, just take a time and just surrender and go, God, show me what this is all about. And he might not show you precisely, but get a bigger perspective, this perspective on what he is doing in this earth right now, what he wants you to do in this earth right now. And I guarantee if you look at it, you read the scriptures, there's no greater thing that he wants is to love this world. He wants to love this world through you and me. He wants us to open our hearts, open our resources to what he can do in this world if we allow him, if we don't try and dam it up, if we let it flow through us and we can be that healing water, we can be that life that, that he wants us to be. question I've got written you here is what kind of person are you? Maybe a better question is what kind of person do you want to be? You see, they're the prayers that we need to offer God. God, I want to be that sort of person that wakes up and remembers your dreams every morning. Not my dreams, your dreams. You know, this morning I'm just going to finish off because we're nearly finished. With just some of the things that we're involved as a church, you know, strategic partnerships um, around this earth. And, uh, and you know, we, we can't do everything, but we have to do something. We have to do something, you know. We're, we're connected with Kent Hodge, who was here uh, a few weeks ago and preached at, at uh, a service here. And he, he's based in Nigeria, and he's ra- rising up, raising up men and women of God through his Bible college there, hundreds and hundreds of them. And they're planting thousands of churches across Africa. Amazing. Particularly in Muslim areas. It's just a, a, a phenomenal supernatural thing. And, and Muslims are getting saved without even a Christian talking to them. And, and uh, it's amazing. You know, with Toto Uganda, we sponsor 
um, women who are house mothers there, all the ladies do, and they raise money and, and uh, send money over there. We, we built a house, a home a few years ago where a mum and I think it's six or eight kids are in a, a house, orphans. And, uh, and we've got the children's choir coming here uh, in, in a month or so, which we've already talked about. And that's the third time we've had them here. You know, compassion, child sponsorship, it's a wonderful thing. We, you know, I think we've got two or three at the moment. I can't keep count sometimes. But uh, and our, all our kids have got compassion kids. It's just a wonderful thing. And I saw a, what was it, a, some message just recently from Compassion saying they've got uh, sort of 80 or 90 kids in one particular project in, in the Philippines where they need sponsorship. And yes, I know it's 40 bucks a month and I know money's tight, but I'll tell you what, it can just change these kids' life. You know, you saw what that little bit of money and resource did for that mother in, in, that, in that film clip. Well, it does the same thing for the family when you sponsor a compassion child. And we have compassion days on a regular basis and we've got quite a few people in the church who actually even work in compassion and, and they're great advocates for it. You know, Liberty for Nations, Steve Blake, and he spoke a few weeks ago. But a few things we've done in the past is Vanuatu with Christian education, the schools there, and building work. And, uh, uh, and you know, it doesn't seem like much is developing there for us, but we still can send building teams and that sort of thing. The Philippines, we raised money to, to uh, finish off an orphanage over there in the last couple of years. And uh, we, we do a youth conference there every two years. And uh, it's changed that region, can I tell you? We don't understand that sitting here, but it's actually helped change that region. The, the culture of churches, the culture of the young people in the area has actually changed the way they do church. There's more life there, you know, and, uh, and I think we're doing the next one, Easter next year, and so if you're interested in going there, but we don't just minister to the youth. That's what we go to do, but there's an orphanage there where there's 30 or 40 kids. There's blind widows there. <laughs> Jan, I'll tell you about that. Uh, you know, the, there's, there's obviously the young people, there's, there's the, the kids from the village. There's the families from the village. There's other churches we minister to. There's a hospital next door. We didn't do it last time, but the time before we went through the hospital and prayed for everyone laying on their beds, and people got saved laying on these beds. They had these, all these horrific diseases in pain. Can I say, it wasn't last time. It was the time before we are walking through a village. And um, just like the village we saw on the video there. And uh, they found out I was a pastor and I said, can you come and pray? So we went in different houses and prayed. And this one particular house, I remember a hut. It wasn't a house, a hut. And uh, I remember walking into this hut. It was a grass hut. I think dirt floor from memory. This lady was laying on a bed. And uh, she was weeping. And she had a Bible on each side of the pillow, on each side of her head. And uh, I said, what, what's, what's up? And uh, I said, she's got breast cancer. I said, oh, well, that's good. Breast cancer you can fix. Says, no, no. They've diagnosed it, but they can't fix it. Um, she's in pain, and uh, she's just going to die. And I said, what? I, don't, I don't understand. Well, we didn't have the money to have the operation. Now it's too far advanced. And she's just in pain. I said, well, painkillers, why can't we give painkillers? And uh, I said, well, we can't afford painkillers. I went, you can't afford painkillers. I will personally pay for painkillers. How much do you need? And, uh, and you know, I think it ended up being like 50 bucks a month or something like that. And, and, and I prayed for, and I prayed for God's 
power to be evident. And, and you know what? His power may not have healed her, but through that love that he put in my heart for that woman, um, I was able to at least give her painkillers for the rest of her natural life, which unfortunately wasn't that long. Um, see, we can do, can't do everything, but we can do something. We can do something. What is God stirring in your heart? What is the, the God dream that you wake up with? Come on. He came to this world. He sent his son Jesus to this world for you and me, for the people out there. And, and I just don't think we get that full perspective sometimes. The other thing I want to tell you about this morning is, is the Turkey Initiative in 2015. And that's 100 years since Gallipoli. Now, Turkey has less than, I think I worked it out, 0.2% Christians there. 75 million people reside there. 99.8% are Muslim. Then there's the Jews and the Christians left over and, and whoever else is in that mix. Turkey was, was the place that the, the book of Revelation talked about, the seven churches. <laughs> and now the, the Christianity is 0.2%. Um, through Steve Blake. You know, we, we were there last year, and I must admit I got really challenged when we were there in, in Turkey. Uh, we went and visited Ephesus, where the, the, you know, the book of Ephesus, the, the city where that was based, and, uh, and it's just these ruins, amazing city. But there's no Christian churches there anymore. And, and you go, God, how can this happen? Because we have not allowed his love to fill us and flow through us into that region. And there's an opportunity to change that I in Turkey. And uh, in the next year or two, there's going to be different trips go over there. We're going to reach, try and reach this, this people group. Steve Blake's already positioned to have a church started over there. If you've got a church building, you can secure a church building. You can actually start a church. You can't talk about Jesus out in the streets, though. You have to have a church to do it. So we've secured this building as a church. And, uh, and I want to say this, next uh, Tuesday night at 6 o'clock, we've got Steve Blake coming to talk to us at our leadership meeting. And if you are interested in hearing more about Turkey and what's happening and what we're doing in the future, I'd invite you to come along. Next Tuesday night, we'll probably be in the hall next door, 6 o'clock, um, 6 to 7. It'll just be one hour. And, uh, and come and hear what uh, we're proposing over this next year or two. And, and let God steer your heart on that. You know, that, let it be a God dream in you, not, not well, that doesn't sound like a good idea there's no christians there or, or that sounds a bit dangerous yeah there's probably a little bit of danger there's persecution and that that could happen but we'll make sure it's as safe as we can possibly make it and we'll be sending teams next year and a team definitely in 2015 and and my excitement in this is that there's actually a church that we can sow people into as well if we just went without that church being there i think it'd be pretty counterproductive but i, but I see the value if there's a church there there's actually a, something that's there's, there's a foundation there that we can actually direct people to if we get an opportunity to uh, to um, talk to them about Jesus. So next Tuesday night, that is at 6 o'clock. Tristan's done a great video for us just uh, with a little bit of some of the stuff we've done in the past, just a few different photos of that. And we'll just finish with that this morning. But I just want to pray just before we bring the, the video and, uh, and release you. So just bow your heads and we'll just pray. Father God, I, I thank you, Lord, that you are stirring our souls on how we love your church, your, our neighbors, 
our community, the world, God. Father, we've said this often, we, we know it's not about us, but sometimes we try to make it about us. God, I, I pray that you are turning our eyes outwards. You are filling us, not for us, but for others, with your love and with your spirit. God, I, I pray our hands and our feet and our eyes and our actions are now loving this world the way that you want us to love this world, God. God, I pray this morning that we get out all those impediments, those logs, those rocks, those things that block the flow of your love in our lives. God, I pray in the name of Jesus that you clean us out, our spirits out, God, so that we can be the conduit. We can be those rivers of living water, God, that can flow through us into our community, into our world, into our families, God. I, I pray, Lord, that, that you know, whatever we need to deal with, we deal with it. We get rid of it, God, that we, we, we don't be bitter. We, we give only forgiveness, God that we don't hold on to stuff, we release it, God. We surrender to you day in and day out, Lord, because you are our saviour. You are the hope of the world. It's only through you, God, that there's any future. And Father, while our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, God, I just want to give anyone here this morning an opportunity that maybe doesn't know you. You know, and you go, well, I haven't got a clue what you're talking about, Greg. I, I don't know what they, you're talking about, revelations and Ezekiel and, and dreams and weird dreams. And, and yeah, I know, it's a bit weird sometimes. But, uh, but you know what? I know that I know that I know that God is real. He is real. He is so real. He has revealed himself to me in so many ways. And, and I, if you talk to anyone in, or a lot of people in this room, they'll, they'll be able to say the same thing. And for you, maybe he's never revealed himself, but i tell you what it takes. It takes surrender. It takes a decision to ask him into your heart. And if that's where you are this morning, I'm going to urge you. I'm not going to make it weird. I'm just going to ask you to put your hand up, slip it up in the air, and, and I'll just acknowledge it. But if that's you this morning, you go, I, I need to know this Jesus. I need to know more about this Jesus. I don't quite understand it. If that's you, just stick your hand up just quickly right now, and I'll, I'll just acknowledge it, and, and I'll pray with you at the end of the service. Here's just an opportunity to start the journey. It's not the end, it's the start. And, and it's like an inquiry to say, God, I need to know more of you. Is there anyone here this morning who would like to do that? Okay. That's good. Father, we, you, you hear the cry of our hearts this morning, God. We want to be a church that does love what you're doing in the body of Christ, God. But we don't stop there. God, we, we love our neighbors, we love our community, and we love our world the way that you would want us to love our world, God. Father, we thank you for all the things we've done in the past, and, and we're going to have a look at this video in a minute. But God, we thank you more for what you're doing right now and you're doing in the future. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the message today brought to you by Baylife Church. We hope the message leaves you feeling challenged and inspired to live out your Christian walk. Please tune in again for next week's message.